Hi, I'm Neil Patel, host of Decoder, my show about big ideas and other problems. Right now on Decoder, we're doing a mini-series about one of the biggest ideas that's creating some of the biggest problems around, generative AI. Our series dives deep into some of the most pressing issues surrounding generative AI, with expert Verge reporters covering the cutting-edge frontier of the industry. How could copyright lawsuits completely upend large language models and image generators? How big a problem is AI-generated misinformation for the 2024 election? And what kind of impact are AI chatbots having on human relationships? Decoder's AI series will help you understand what's going on, why, and where it might go from here. Tune in every Monday and Thursday for new episodes of Decoder wherever you get your podcasts. going on, everybody? RJ Ochoa here from SB Nation, bloggingtheboys.com. Hope all is well wherever you are. I really mean that. We hope you're happy, safe, healthy, man alive. I am so sad to be coming to you for our final Dallas Cowboys postgame show of the season. Your Dallas Cowboys, my Dallas Cowboys, our Dallas Cowboys. Yes, they are still our Dallas Cowboys, even though they just royally pissed us off. The Dallas Cowboys are done. Their season is over after a wild card round loss to the San Francisco 49ers. The Dallas Cowboys were the three seed in the NFC. They are the first home team to lose in the playoffs. Obviously, uh, we're here live and we'll see what happens with Kansas City and Pittsburgh, although I think that uh, that the Chiefs will, will take care of things at Arrowhead. Obviously, we'll see what happens on Monday night between the Rams and the Cardinals. Um, but man... Um, what a disappointing way to end the season. Um, we have a lot to get to. We have winners and losers. Spoiler alert, there are only losers. When your season ends because you were unprepared, there are only losers. And this game, it felt like a Cowboys loss from the very beginning. And I know we kind of wanted to talk ourselves out of that. We kind of wanted to believe. We wanted to kind of, you know, take the take the bait. We wanted to kind of, you know, when Dak Prescott ran it in near the end of the game, we kind of thought this is possible. There's a chance after, you know, this was after that, but the Anthony Brown interception breathed life into it. The Leighton Van Der Esch stop, obviously, uh, on third down to give the Cowboys the ball back. And so, you know, I, I, we're going to get to the last play of the game, whatever you want to call that, but the Cowboys had multiple opportunities to win this game and they blew it. The Cowboys completely and totally blew it. All season long, we've been talking about this every single week, how this team proved us wrong, how they erased our doubts, how they were different, how this team did things. They exercised demons. They gave us safety. They gave us closure. This team was different. That remains true. However, today on Sunday, January 16th, 2022, they were no different. These were our Dallas Cowboys, my Dallas Cowboys, your Dallas Cowboys, the Dallas Cowboys who failed to show up in the biggest and brightest moments of the year, who are completely and totally undisciplined in the biggest and brightest moments of the year and who fall flat and look like fools and look like frauds and it sometimes look incompetent like they did at one point in particular against the San Francisco 49ers. This is your post-game show. We've said that all season long and it will remain true forever. Uh, whatever you want to talk about, I am merely your puppet. You are the puppeteer controlling me with your strings. Uh, so we'll get to your comments as well as uh, all of our just kind of releasing of anger, vitriol, whatever you want to call it. Brian Rail, thank you for the super chat. Says, uh, why was the hit on or why was the hit on Dak as he was sliding? Not a penalty. Thought you couldn't hit a sliding quarterback. I know you have the replay, RJ. Let's see it. Uh, thank you, Brian, for the super chat. Lots of people are obviously going to want to talk about this. This is the last play of the game. This is a long clip, so just pay attention. I know you've seen it a thousand times, but here we go. This is the last play of the game as the Cowboys season comes to a close. San Francisco to get to the quarterback here. Prescott takes off running the football. 
Whoa, I don't think this is going to work out. It will. They'll be on the clock. This they were playing for. It's down, down. Oh, my gosh. Oh, the official gets in the way. The game's oh over. Gosh. The game is over. Oh, he did. Oh, they're going to look at this. It's it's going to be over because the umpire has to touch the ball. Of course, that's ridiculous for a game to end like that, Jim. Wow, I am livid if I'm a Cowboy fan and if I'm a Niners fan. That's the fan. end of the game. The yeah. game is over. The game is over at San Francisco. Now, I can see you believing the lunging attack uh, as, as he's beginning to slide as a penalty. But at that point, I think he's still a runner. That's some... Again, I don't love that call, but I mean, there, there's some vagueness to that, some ambiguity, um, some some room for subjective nature. That's what officiating and refereeing is. Uh, a lot of people are upset, uh, obviously, as Alex Pickles puts, that's the end of the game, um, with the fact that the official got in Dak Prescott's way. I thought Tony Romo did a great job of explaining that, and I get it. Like Your natural response is to say the official is in Dak Prescott's way. What's he supposed to do? I hate to say this. I really do. I love Dak Prescott, and I know there's a lot of you who agree with me. That is on Dak. Dak has to know the rules in that situation. He has to give the ball to the official. Giving it to Tyler Biotish only prolongs the process, and so if you're looking for somebody to blame, I mean, I hate to say it, but it's Dak Prescott. He has to know the rule. We see things like that come up. Um, you know, Larry Fitzgerald's a, a great example of always kind of knowing those little tiny rules. You see that happen uh, from time to time. There, there was the, the Chase Claypool moment against Minnesota on Thursday Night Football. I mean, there's there's these things where you have to know those tiny little rules or else they can come back to bite you. And so I hate to say it, but this is on Dak. Now, Caleb Swanson, uh, uh, Bill Anthony, by the way, says high school football mistake by Prescott. I agree. I mean, again, I hate to admit that. I wish it weren't true. I hate that we're going to have that be true and hanging over our heads for the next, I mean, what? It's January. I mean, eight months, <clears throat> eight months until the regular season starts. And so Dak has to know better. I agree with Kevin, though. Why the hell was that play called? Stupid, stupid. Dumb, stupid, stupid. Uh, let's see here. Jerry Jones uh, speaking, by the way, now says extraordinarily disappointed, very disappointed, disappointed for our fans. This is quite a letdown uh, said of the San Francisco 49ers that they outplayed you. Jerry Jones, spoiler alert, is going to make our losers list. Uh, so we'll get there. But I agree. I don't know why this is your play call. If you're the Cowboys, I have no idea. You're having success through the air. I realize San Francisco has adjusted things. You're in Hail Mary, uh, Hail Mary territory. And what's more is at that point in the game, you know, you have time for maybe two Hail Marys. I realize it's further out. You're, you're much more downtown, but I would rather try two Hail Marys. Maybe you pick up a pass interference penalty than that play right there, because even if that play works, even if Dak Prescott is able to down the ball with one second, you get one play. That's it. You're putting all of your eggs in one basket. And I disagree with that. If you throw the Hail Mary, instead of running the QB draw, you have two shots at the end zone. Maybe, maybe not, but still, I like those odds better. I mean, this was just this was the Cowboys thinking they were too smart. I mean, they really thought that they were too smart. They really thought they were better, they're smarter, you know, more prepared, more equipped than Kyle Shanahan, and they weren't. The Cowboys played themselves, uh, in addition to getting outcoached by Kyle Shanahan. F. Kit Crutch says, Kellen Moore has to go. The defense can only hold on so long before they break. I'll say it, the ref's bias penalty calling, tired of saying next year. I mean, I I really, I mean, I, I don't know how somebody can defend Kellen Moore. Let's see. Zeke Elliott um, 
right now speaking of the media says that this is the best Cowboys team he's been on his quote it hurts all of us are hurting yeah Zeke we're hurting too man I mean we're we're hurting too this sucks like y'all y'all were good but here's the thing you really weren't that good you really you know you beat some bad teams and congrats and you had us all feeling great early on in the season when you went to New England you won that game but this is who the Cowboys have been they have been frauds that is what they proved Today against the 49ers, all the talk was you've only beat bad teams. You can't beat legitimate ones. You went to Philly in week 18. You beat up on their backups. What's going to happen when you play a real team? You lose. They lose. And they didn't lose on the end of the, of the game. They didn't lose just because the official was a part of that process. Even if that happens. I mean, the Cowboys lost this game a number of different ways. The Cowboys had the ball with a lot of time remaining to go and win that game. And they failed offensively. They failed. They turned the ball over on downs. And then, yeah, the crazy sequence happened at the end of the game. They give them one more possession but they failed they had their opportunities so I don't want to hear the Cowboys or Cowboys fans saying man they were robbed at the very end no they had the opportunity they had multiple opportunities to win this game and what's more by the way Joseph Heck thank you for your super chats is on to the draft that's so frustrating I mean I agree with you but it's just so frustrating that that's you know reality for the Cowboys now this Cowboys team, we knew all week long, we talked about what, what is the threat of the 49ers? They can run the ball. Debo Samuel, Kyle Shanahan's going to use him a billion different ways. What happened today? The 49ers ran the ball. Kyle Shanahan used Debo Samuel a million different ways. This was 100% predictable, and the Dallas Cowboys completely and totally failed. They knew exactly what Kyle Shanahan's 49ers were going to do to them, and they let him do it anyway. I, I mean, I just don't understand how that's possible. It's actually difficult to comprehend Eli Perkins thank you for the super chat says undisciplined paper tigers we are frauds we need to stop blaming the coaching staff they're not out there holding jumping the ball etc frauds smh Cowboys had 14 penalties by the way here we go now and I don't look I love Zeke but Zeke says uh here's a quote now again meeting with the media at this moment uh says he partially tore his PCL this season he won't need a procedure this offseason but something he had to play through it's my job. If you tore your PCL, Zeke, why were you playing? Why Why were you playing? Why was Tony Pollard not playing in this game more if Zeke Elliott has a partially torn PCL? That is what is so infuriating about this team. Again, I love Zeke. There's a lot of you that love Zeke. We all, you know, have had great moments where we have loved and cheered for Zeke, feed me, etc. That is some straight up arrogance i mean to have zeke go out there on a torn pcl a healthy zeke elliott is not even better than tony pollard let alone a zeke with a torn pcl that is unbelievable zeke elliott again i mean uh thank you robbie for agreeing with me this is so dumb i mean that it's actually dumb uh let's see here zeke elliott tonight against the 49ers with a torn pcl carried the ball 12 times for 31 yards averaged 2.6 yards per carry Tony Pollard, four carries, 14 yards, 3.5 yards per carry. Tony Pollard didn't have a great game statistically. But my point is, why is Zeke Elliott out there if you have a healthy Tony Pollard? In fact, let's get this uh, tweet over here, just making sure. Um, I, I mean, that is unbelievable. I'm, I'm, I'm actually stunned. I, I really am stunned. Constantino, thank you for your super chat, says, when do we get a, an elite head coach? McCarthy is so bad. Greetings from a very tired German guy. Hope all is well with you, Constantino. Appreciate you staying up with us. I mean, Caleb Swanson says, let Pollard take the reps if you're hurt. They rested Tony Pollard, the Cowboys. Remember when Tony Pollard was hurt, the Cowboys took him out. They didn't play him. Remember late as December was beginning when Zeke Elliott was hurt? No, no, no. We got to have Zeke out there. 
the hubris of this team, of this coaching staff, to have an injured Zeke Elliott in general, let alone one with a torn PCL, that is, I mean, that's not the reason that the Cowboys season is over. That's not the, the reason if you're looking for one place to kind of assign blame. But it's it's the collective. It's those decisions. It's the fact that this team would rather hold on to an injured Zeke Elliott because of the legend that he has created over the last five years as opposed to being objective and impartial and analytical enough. Mike McCarthy wants to talk about, you know, how he spent six months at Pro Football Focus's offices in Cincinnati. If you really are that objectively minded, Mike McCarthy, it would not be difficult for you to make this decision. I mean, that is so unbelievably stupid to me to go down this road. But nevertheless, here we are with the Dallas Cowboys. Um, I mean, fine. I just <laughs> I'm tr- let me see. I want to get this tweet up here um, because this is I cannot believe this. Uh, man. All right, so we've gone on our Zeke tangent. I mean, let's see. Uh, we've got a comment here, by the way. Where did it go here from Rod? It says, Zeke's blocking is, is greater than Pollard's blocking. That's why he was in. If Zeke Elliott is hurt, he does not need to be out there. That's unbelievably stupid. Uh, Ashby McDonald says the Cowboys beat the Cowboys. They did. They really did. Burmese Star says, I have enjoyed these postgame chats, though. Thanks, Rod. Really appreciate you, Burmese Star. Uh, Doxon7 says, outcoached and outplayed. I know we've jumped a lot of places here, and I know I'm trying to organize my thoughts and your thoughts and, and kind of figure things out. I'm getting hot and bothered here. I mean, I just do not know why this team is like this. I, I don't know. I do not know why this team is like this. David Tutsell says uh, Zeke plays because Jerry Jones wants to sell more replica jerseys. I mean, like, I don't, I don't buy that kind of stuff, generally speaking. That's, that's not who I am as a Cowboys fan. I don't, I don't buy that kind of stuff. I've talked to you guys about that before. It's very difficult to deny that, right? Like, it's, it's very difficult to deny that the Cowboys are putting Zeke out there because he's more famous than Tony Pollard, right? It's, it's because there's, you cannot say that Zeke Elliott is better than Tony Pollard. You can't. You cannot say that. And so um, it's just it's crazy frank says uh tired of the same thing every year i agree with you jova esquire says how about them cow kids i think jova is a, a cowboys hater joining us uh but paying to do so so appreciate you jova um hope all is well with you brian says 14 freaking penalties joshua says i definitely think the penalties played a huge part dumb mistakes ruined every drive got in the offense's head i mean it's it's just unbelievable. It's unbelievable that they would do this. Um, and, and to get back to the point, we, we kind of started off with the, the play at the end. It's on Dak Prescott. He's got to know. He's got to know that he cannot do that. He's got to know he's got to hand the ball back to the official. Kellen Moore and Mike McCarthy have to know better than to call that play. It's insanely dumb. I mean, to, to put everything on the line that way, to risk it all that way, I have maintained that Mike McCarthy is a better head coach than most people were willing to admit. All right. That has been my, my premise all season long. All right. I have defended Mike McCarthy a number of different times here on our post game shows, et cetera. By the way, thank you, uh, Bernard Conda for the super chat. Hope all is well with you, my friend, but I am, I cannot. And I mean, I don't, this isn't something where I need to sleep on this. Um, I cannot defend this from Mike McCarthy. Like I said, I have gone what has felt like to the ends of the earth and tried to defend Mike McCarthy. Now, I know there's a lot of people who are down on Dak Prescott right now. I don't think it's difficult to defend Dak, although the second half of the season was awful. Dak Prescott deserves an enormous amount of blame, again, for especially not knowing the rule, um, you know, at the end of the game there. But 
I'm not trying to say you got to fire Mike McCarthy. That's not where I'm at here. Uh, but as we segue into our losers, you know, I'm, I'm curious who your losers are as you're with us here on our postgame show. Losers, Mike McCarthy. I mean, McCarthy, this was your this was Mike McCarthy's first playoff game, right? Mike, Mike McCarthy had not won a playoff game since actually the 2016 division around at AT&T Stadium when he beat our Cowboys because we're, we're just that big of a joke. Um, obviously, Mike McCarthy got fired in 2018, didn't finish that season. Not that, you know, they, not that the Packers went to the playoffs, but sat out the entire 2019 season. And we all gave Mike McCarthy a benefit, maybe not all. A lot of people, myself included, gave Mike McCarthy some benefit of the doubt for last year, right? It was COVID and everybody obviously had to deal with that. Dak got hurt. Tyron was hurt. Lyle was hurt. Uh, Leighton Vanders was hurt. Just a number of different things, right? It was, it was not, you, you didn't have to move the goalposts, you know, supremely far to kind of understand, Hey, let's give Mike McCarthy another shot. And obviously this season, you know, was, was working well, started off great, started off strong. And then the wheels kind of started to fall off. And then they won three games in a row on the road to begin December, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So, you know, it wasn't difficult to, to say, you know what, I'm team Mike McCarthy. I can understand the Cowboys made the right hire, but this was Mike McCarthy's first playoff game in several years. He had all, and this wasn't a surprise. This isn't like the 49ers who only punched their ticket to the playoffs a week ago. The Cowboys have known forever for three weeks now that they were going to be hosting a playoff game at least this weekend. I know that they were still in contention for the number one seed. They have known that. They have known that forever. They knew that going into last Saturday night's game against Philadelphia. They decided to play anyway. They risked it, et cetera, blah, blah, blah. They got here. This was not a surprise to them, and yet they folded. They caved. And so I am I'm out on Mike McCarthy. Does that mean I think Mike McCarthy needs to be fired? I'm not going that far, but I am out on defending him. I am not going to defend this because this – was undefendable. This was inexcusable. How do you have 14 penalties? And here's the thing, like, this isn't like the Raiders game on Thanksgiving where you just have these crazy pass interferences that are just like, what's going on here? You've got players jumping off sides. You've got false starts. At one point in this game, the Dallas Cowboys had back-to-back false starts. In fact, not only was it at one point in this game, it was literally the first possession to start the second half. So Mike McCarthy gathered the troops in the locker room at AT AT&T Stadium and said, guys, we're getting our tails kicked in. The season's on the line. We got to go out there. We got to play well or we're going to lose. We're going to have to go home and the season's going to be over. And the Cowboys came out for that first offensive possession of the second half and they were flat. They were so flat. And then they got lucky. They got a gift off the roughing the punter penalty. And it was a a correctly called penalty. But my point is that doesn't happen every single time. And they still, in spite of all that, you know, just kind of fell all over themselves. They had back to back. How many times, like, however, whoever you are, however, however much football you've been watching in your life. Can you name a time where you have seen a team have back-to-back false starts, like on consecutive plays, let alone at home, let alone at home in a playoff game? Just a total and utter absolute abomination of a coaching job from Mike McCarthy and his staff. Uh, Let's see here. Uh, We've got a super chat here from Tyler. I'm looking for it. Brian, excuse me, says, I was with you uh, on Mike McCarthy, but today was a travesty undisciplined play is a reflection of leadership this loss 100 on mike mccarthy and dak i'm not willing to go as far on deck and i realize i'm kind of caping for him a little bit i think dak was not the worst part of the team he definitely has a huge share of blame in this and especially at the very end but i put a, a much larger sector a much larger piece of the pie as far as blame and responsibility are concerned on mike mccarthy uh let's see here tyler says dan quinn and kellen interviewing for more money instead of preparing for this game fire them both fire mccarthy I just, I want to, I don't understand what happened on the fake punt. 
All right, let's talk about the fake punt. All right, the fake punt. Let's let's show you the fake punt. Let's get Mike McCarthy's name off of here. Let's show you the fake punt because this look, the fake punt is fine. Let's talk about the fake punt. Anger with the fake. The pass is caught. It's caught for the first down. The Cowboys once again, and John Fossil able to come up with the trickery. Okay. I love the fake punt. And I actually think it was super predictable. I can't believe that in my own mind, I wasn't thinking, here comes the fake punt. The fake punt is fine. You want to run the fake punt, you need help. You got to get back in this game. You're, 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 you're throwing the kitchen sink in them. Fine. Run the fake punt. After you successfully convert the fake punt, get the hell off the field and let your offense back on. Quit trying to be cute. Romo and Nance were talking on the broadcast how Mike McCarthy and John Fossil, because they're so cool and so hip and so smart, they're trying to get Kyle Shanahan to call a penalty. They're trying to get Kyle Shanahan to bite. And what do they do? They just stand there. They they let the special teams unit literally stands there like they're going to call an offensive play. And and then and, and, and the very end of that whole process, at the very end of the game clock, McCarthy and everybody says, well, crap, Kyle Shanahan's not calling a timeout. We don't want to call one. Let's get the offense back on the field. So they try to run out there, and they don't have the time because they sat there doing nothing. That kind of stuff is so unbelievably incompetent. All right? I really cannot understand how this happened. Uh, Fiji boy says bones and McCarthy being idiots. Yes, this is bones and McCarthy being idiots. This is being greedy. This is, is not understanding the moment. Again, you got the fake punt. You're alive. Be grateful for it. Get your offense on the field that you keep telling us is really good and is not actually washed like it wound up being. Get them back on the field because you have to go score some points. The Cowboys had to ultimately settle on that drive because it was fourth and seven. Had it been fourth and two without the delay of game penalty, who knows what happens? I mean, that kind of stuff is just so unbelievably ridiculous that we have to sit through this Um from the Cowboys. I'm I'm just I'm flabbergasted that this is what Mike McCarthy decided to do with a fully conscious mind. Uh let's see here. Um Jimmy Jefferson says, uh, let's see here. We are who we who we thought we were, and everyone was afraid to say it. Dak is who we thought he were average. I still again I'm not willing to go to the point of saying Dak is average. I mean, but you know what? It's I, I'm not willing to say that, but it's not ridiculous to say that it's it's not and that makes me sad it's not ridiculous to say that Dak Prescott is average it's going to be a long off season for that narrative if you thought that we got rid of this because Dak got paid oh boy my friend this off season is going to be frustrating all right Dak Prescott got paid looked like the MVP for the first half of the season Cowboys go to Minnesota Cooper Rush wins all right Dak welcome back from the calf injury we got some house money let's play terrible terrible Terrible, terrible, terrible. The only teams that Dak Prescott had legitimate success against over the second half of the season, besides the fourth quarter against the Raiders, was against Washington when the Cowboys won the division and against the Philadelphia Eagles when they played against a bunch of backups. I mean, that's that's the truth. And so while I'm not out on Dak Prescott, it's it's difficult. It's difficult to defend that. It really is difficult. Um, let's see here. Um, uh, I trash says, wait, how did they lose? I left because of the wifey. Don't know exactly what you missed. I trash, but it was a, a devastating, um, you know, afternoon, evening for the Cowboys. Let's see a, uh, icon meta says, stop blaming the coaches. These players suck. Give Tom Brady the ball with two minutes and tell me who wins the game. I'm tired of all this Dak love when he can bring the team down the field. I think here's the thing. Um, icon, 
you can blame both. You you can blame both. You can blame the coaches for making these ridiculous decisions. You can blame the players for their lack of ex- execution, their lack of discipline, the players for all these penalties. I mean, here's the thing. Like, I, I've got him on the losers list. This can upset a lot of people. You know who's a loser tonight? Randy Gregory. Randy Gregory, stop jumping off sides. Like, that's on Randy. I hate to say that. And you can, you can say that, you know, the coaching staff has to coach him up. They have to be more disciplined. But Randy cannot be jumping off sides at that rate. And we'll see what happens with Randy this offseason, whether he's going to come back to the team or not, whether the Cowboys are going to be able to pay him and keep him, whatever. But you cannot be jumping off sides at this rate in a playoff game, let alone ever in time. So, I mean, Randy, I love you, but not your best performance here today. Brian, thank you for the super chats. And what was with that field goal when down by 16 points? Oh, man, don't even. uh, It's still a two-possession game, even if you make it a 52-yard field goal at that with Greg the broken leg. I don't understand why the Cowboys kicked the field goal down by 16. Now, had they scored a touchdown to win the game, we obviously all would have thought that they were geniuses. But the Cowboys, more than the – look, let's be very clear about something here. Let's get this up here because I want to acknowledge that we all said this. The Dallas Cowboys were frauds. Actually, that says were. We're going to change that. The Dallas Cowboys are frauds. The Dallas Cowboys proved that they are frauds in this game. But more than that, more than that the Dallas Cowboys are frauds, they are cowards. They are cowards. They they were cowardly in this game. This was a team who loved to go for it on fourth down, who was unafraid, who was going to challenge, who was going to do all this stuff. And they just folded in the biggest game of the season with everything on the line. Again, Mike McCarthy, you've been waiting forever to get back to the playoffs, to be the head coach of a team. You have now done it, and you're going to turtle up? I mean, for what? You're going to kick a field goal down 16 points when you supposedly have this great offense? And again, that would not necessarily have had to have been the case if they hadn't outthought themselves on the after the fake punt. If the Cowboys are just competent after the fake punt and grateful for converting it, they get the offense back out there quick enough and they don't take that delay of game. So instead of fourth and seven, when you have to settle, maybe you decide to go for it on fourth and two. But no, the Cowboys tried to get cute and they messed things up and they had to settle for the field goal. Uh, let's see here. Matt Krause says, before the two-minute warning, why would Dak rush it on second down and throw a bad pass in the flat and end up in third and 11 he could have taken his time that's the thing as the clock was ticking down you kind of thought okay maybe i here's the thing if you're going to get another playoff before then and you know that that, there's logic to to waiting there's logic to going go right before or or go go as quick as you can because the cowboys waited and tried to get cute again this was the cowboys thinking that they were so much smarter than the 49ers and they weren't and that's what that's what we want to see we want to see some accountability we want to see mike mccarthy and kellen moore and dan quinn and dak prescott and all of our favorites we want to see them come out and say you know what we were wrong we thought we could do something and we didn't we failed we didn't successfully do those things. We were wrong. And they outthought themselves again on that particular moment. Let's see here. Uh, Eli Ross says, give Dak to Sean Payton and tell me he's average. I think that's fair. I mean, that would be awesome to see. Um, I, I just, I don't know how you get, you know, I don't know how you get if Mike McCarthy's leaving here. Let's see here. Uh, Mike McCarthy at the podium now says, we were herky-jerky, but I really can't say enough about our guys. There was no blink. What the hell do you mean there was no blink? There was blink all over the place, Mike McCarthy. You blinked on fourth down when you punted. You you blinked over and over again after the fake punt. There was a ton of blinking going on. In fact, there was so much blinking, I think your eyes were completely shut the entire time. Like, this is what I don't want to hear, and I think that I speak for a lot of you. I don't want to hear these, like, cliche statements or whatever we know the kind of guys we have in our locker room the kind of guys you have in your locker room right now are frauds you played like frauds in your first opportunity to really prove yourself you have to be able to admit that until you can admit that you're going to keep going in this endless cycle over and over and over and over again when you constantly disappoint yourself and us we have been believing in this forever 
and you constantly disappoint us. Thank you uh, to Alishan for our super chat. Thank you to Anthony. He says, give McCarthy one more year with his own play caller. See, like, okay, like, I don't think that we can do this now. You can't say, oh, man, Mike McCarthy inherited Kellen Moore. No, nah, you can't pick and choose there because Mike McCarthy chose to keep Kellen Moore. Now, maybe you believe that Jerry Jones instituted that. Maybe you believe that Jerry Jones said we got to keep Kellen Moore. Here's the thing, Jerry or McCarthy or whoever. Kellen, the Vikings want to hire you. I'll pack your bags. All right, you want to go to Minnesota? Great. It's cold, but I guarantee you're going to love that stadium, that awesome training facility they have there. Head on up to Minnesota, Kellen Moore. We will not miss you. Kellen Moore was awful this year, and he was the wonderkind all season long. Kellen Moore is truly Nate from Ted Lasso in, in terms of, like, arc, and he's not a terrible person like Nate was. Spoiler alert if you haven't seen it. But he just completely and totally fell off the face of the earth. Nate was one of our favorite characters if you watch Ted Lasso. And then he ultimately fell, and we hate him now. Can't wait for season three. That's who Kellen is slash was. Kellen, I mean, and here's the thing. I partly don't even blame Kellen Moore. And that's a weird thing to say. This is Kellen's fourth year coaching in the NFL. It was always arrogant of the Cowboys to go down this path. They they promoted Kellen Moore to being the offensive coordinator of their football team, the Dallas Cowboys, the professional football team, after one year coaching in the NFL. Kel, literally, Kellen Moore's second year as a professional coach was as the offensive coordinator of the Dallas Cowboys. He hasn't had to weather any of these storms. He hasn't seen anything. He hasn't seen, he doesn't have all these experiences. And so I will not buy this that Mike McCarthy needs his own play call. Not nah, Mike McCarthy needs to get his stuff together because Kellen is one problem, but Mike McCarthy has a number of other ones. Jason, thank you for the super chats. Is still my quarterback deck for life. I'm sorry. I'm a Dak Stan. I agree with you. I mean, it's it's tough. I I mean, I really want to defend Dak, but it's hard. I mean, I don't think you can. I don't I don't know that you can right now. Matt, thank you for the super chat. Says he could have had second down after the two minute warning, knowing it's four down territory with a better play call ready. Again, talking about how Dak and the Cowboys and Kellen and McCarthy handled the two minute warning. Not great. Eric says we can't win games with 14 penalties. Totally agree with you. Totally agree. Eli Perkins, thank you for the super chat. Says to think other teams want Kellen as a head coach. Wild. It is wild. Come on down, Vikings. Come on down, Jaguars. Come on down, Dolphins. You guys want to interview Kellen? He's great. He's awesome. I'll set up the Zoom. I'll be there in the background. I'll record the meeting. I'll type up the transcription for you. I'll email it on over, and you can take him away from the star because we are good. Um, Eric says, I really believed it this year, LOL. Me too. I mean, me, we, me too. But, you know, it, it didn't happen. It was. This season was was different. They taught us that it was different. They did do different things. We are not suckers. Let's be very clear here. We are not suckers. We did not get bamboozled because we are idiots. They were different. The Dallas Cowboys were doing different things. They were exercising certain demons. They were playing in ways and winning in ways that was previously unknown to this franchise, which again speaks to how, how scarred we are. Shout out to Papa Roach. I mean, but th that just faded. That just dissolved. That just dissipated over the second half of the season, little by little by little by little by little. And here we are now and all the is it the, the chicken has come home to roost? Is that the expression? I really don't know. Uh, but, I mean, either way, everything sucks again because this is who the Cowboys are. Um, it, it was not different. Spoiler alert. That sucks. Uh, let's see here. Thank you to Anthony for the super chat. Says, Dak takes so much time under pressure to find 88 or 19. Are all other teams so good at locking them down or can Dak not see them? So bad to see 88 not get a catch until the fourth quarter. You know, if you watch the Eagles-Buccaneers game earlier in the day, and like, I'm so pissed at the Cowboys because we can't even make fun of Eagles fans for losing. If you had just been good enough, we could have had a great week together and you could have, you know, lost next week or whatever. Um, 
if you watch that game, a big focus, a big talking point was how are the Eagles not targeting Devontae Smith? What's going on? Why don't you throw it to him? Hey, Cowboys, you know what? We have heard all about how you have Amari Cooper and C.D. Lamb. And I know Michael Gallup's obviously not out there and he's hurt right now. And again, we'll see what his future has in store. But if you have those guys, throw it to them a thousand times. I mean, like, look, I love Dalton Schultz. I want to be very clear. I love Dalton Schultz. But I would rather see C.D. Lamb incorporated a little bit more than him. Dalton Schultz, eight catches. Now, to be fair, seven, uh, eight targets, seven catches, 89 yards. Amari Cooper did have 10 targets. But C.D. Lamb, you drafted this dude in the first round last year, two years ago now. I mean, he has got to be more involved than he is at this place. I mean, it's just – it cannot – that cannot be the case. You cannot not have C.D. Lamb involved that much. J.J. The Mind, thank you for the Super Chat, says, I just want a clean house now, man. Nothing changes even with a new coaching staff. Everyone needs to leave, and it hurts me. I even want Dak on too. I think that's a little bit of an overreaction. Um, but I mean, look, I mean, I, like there, there are some necessary changes. Um, there really are. I don't think quarterback is one of them, but I'm not going to sit here and, and fight for Mike McCarthy right now. I don't think that they, they have earned that. Let's see. But speaking of uh, McCarthy said uh, at the podium that he was told that they were going to put time back on the clock for the last play and that he hasn't seen the ref run into a quarterback before. He also said this is going to sting for a long time. Yeah, we know, McCarthy, this is going to sting for a long time. If you think it's going to sting for a long time, then be better. You had a long time to prepare for this. You had a long time, McCarthy, and all you did was fail. You failed. You collapsed. Uh, FK Crutch says, last one today on Kellen Moore. I told everyone so. Kellen Kellen might be the biggest fraud of them all. I mean, you know, there, there are a lot of frauds right now, um, but Kellen might be the biggest one. Uh, Reno McShane, think of the super chat, says our play calling was too vanilla. We did nothing to help our receivers get open. Again, Kellen Moore. Kellen Moore. Uh, Burmy Star says, give me an OC that feeds his alpha wide receivers. Seriously, like this isn't hard. I mean, and I'm not saying like I could be an offensive coordinator, but you know what I would do if, if you or whoever was a star wide receiver on my team, I would throw you the ball a lot. I would throw you the ball forever. I would throw you the ball a billion times. That's what I would do if I had awesome wide receivers on my team. Um, so we'll see. Hi, I'm Neil Patel, host of Decoder, my show about big ideas and other problems. Right now on Decoder, we're doing a mini series about one of the biggest ideas that's creating some of the biggest problems around generative AI. Our series dives deep into some of the most pressing issues surrounding generative AI with expert Verge reporters covering the cutting edge frontier of the industry. How could copyright lawsuits completely upend large language models and image generators? How big a problem is AI generated misinformation for the 2024 election? And what kind of impact are AI chatbots having on human relationships? Decoder's AI series will help you understand what's going on, why, and where it might go from here. Tune in every Monday and Thursday for new episodes of Decoder wherever you get your podcasts. Support for this episode comes from Viator. Sure, a good souvenir is always fun, but it's the experiences that people love the most about traveling. When you get back home, that t-shirt might fade and that snow globe might break, but it's those once-in-a-lifetime memories that will last. Viator is a website and app where you can book travel experiences like architectural sightseeing, snorkeling excursions, sunset cruises, and so much more. With Viator, you can reserve everything from simple tours to thrilling adventures with over 300,000 bookable experiences in 190 countries. Whether you're a foodie, a history buff, or an adrenaline junkie, there's something for everyone. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you can have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. 
When you book a travel experience with Viator, there's always flexibility and support with free cancellation, payment options, and 24-7 service. Make memories that will last forever with Viator. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. Uh, let's see here. Let's move on. Uh, more of your comments. Um, let's see here. Um, so we're going to see a lot. Uh, let's see. Robin, ugh, seven pre-snap penalties. You just cannot, you cannot win that way. Now, here's another McCarthy quote right now. We shouldn't have had any issue getting the ball spotted before the final snap that wasn't. McCarthy. See, like, here's, and I know McCarthy, I don't expect McCarthy to come out and trash Dak Prescott. I don't expect that. It's not what I'm saying. But you cannot, McCarthy, come out and, and cry wolf like this. You, you cannot say, you know, oh, man, you know, it, it shouldn't happen that way, whatever, blah, blah. No, it should. Like, that's the rule, right? That's that's the rule. Kind of like if you watched um, if you watched uh, last night's Bengals-Raiders game, the crazy whistle that was or whatever, what's the rule? The rule is, in this case, that the referee has to be the one who touches the ball and who places the ball. That is the rule. And I agree with Nathan. Own the loss. You messed up. Own it. Put it on Dak. Dak messed up. He's fine. He's a big boy. He can handle it if we put some responsibility on him. Dak messed up. And you know what? Like, I don't want to take the blame off of Dak because ultimately it should fall on him. He's the person who executed it and ultimately failed again. But if that's going to be your play call, if you're going to have the audacity to run a quarterback draw in that moment with your season on the line with no timeouts in your back pocket, if that's really what you're going to do, then the moment you call that play as the offensive coordinator, as the head coach, you have to say in his helmet, hey, Dak, when you get down, there's not going to be a lot of time left. So make sure you hand the official the ball because that is the rule. And Dak's going to hear you and Dak's going to say, okay, as soon as I get the yardage I need, I'm going to go down. We're going to hurry up and I'm going to hand the official the ball because I was just told to do that by my coaches who are paid to know these sorts of things. I should know it too because I'm a professional in this capacity, but I was reminded by my coach. So that was a failure by every single person involved. So McCarthy, Kellen, Dak, whoever, Cowboys fan, one, two, three, you can sit here and you can complain that the official was in his way, but the rule is that the official has to be the one to spot the ball, not Tyler Biotish. And so I want to see some accountability here. Uh, Mike McCarthy was asked about his future and said, I don't have any concerns. I'm proud to be standing here today. I'm proud of my football team. I'm happy for you, Mike. I'm happy that you are proud. <laughs> I'm happy. You know, let's sing kumbayas. But you should not be proud. This was embarrassing. This, w I mean, you collapsed. This, this was a failure. And you know what's what's going to just be so bothersome is at some point in the offseason, whether it's McCarthy talking at the Combine or, or whatever, there's going to be some appearance where somebody involved with the Cowboys is going to say, well, you know what? We, you know, we almost came back. We almost pulled off a really crazy playoff comeback. You only almost did that because Jimmy Garoppolo handed it to you. You didn't do anything of your own accord. I'm, you know, I, I don't want the Cowboys to fall into this false idea that they did something special by almost coming back. No, you failed. You were given several gifts over the second half and you failed to capitalize on them. And you have to eat that L. You have to own it as we all have to sit here for the next eight months and get ready to do this whole thing over again. Uh, Julian says offense was way more efficient with Tony Pollard. SMH, Tyler, think of the Super Chats. Just can't believe McCarthy's blaming refs still every week. A real man would own his mistakes. I mean, 
I just don't know how you can do that. I, I really don't. I think that's embarrassing. That's not a great look for your head coach. Uh, let's see here. Uh, Marshall says, can the Jones family just leave and never come back? We have more losers to get to, I promise. And I appreciate all of you who are with us here. Um, this sucks. Zach Leatherman says, uh, look at the Bengals and how they fed their star wide receiver over and over and over again. Again, goodbye, Kellen. Agreed. You got a star wide receiver. You got a star whatever. Feed him. Use him. That's why you drafted him. Uh, but let's get to another loser. Uh, we've only really touched on Mike McCarthy. I write about this every week at blogontheboys.com, so you can read that after the fact if you'd like to. Obviously, the Dallas Cowboys are losers. But loser, man. And go off in the comments if you want people. Go off. Big time loser here. Jerry Jones. All right. Now... I do not like to talk about the sun at AT&T Stadium. I do not. I think it's stupid that we have to talk about the sun at AT&T Stadium. But we have to talk about the sun at AT&T Stadium because Jerry Jones refuses to address it. I mean, think about think, think about how long ago think about how long ago 2009 was. Can you think about what your life was like in 2009? I mean, can you really think about, like, think about how long ago, that, what was, like, the number one song in 2000? Was it, like, Down by Jay Sean? I mean, what was the number one song in 2009? Thank you, Jay, for the super chat, by the way. Since 2009, the sun has been an issue. The sun has been around forever, all right? Now, like, you know, if if your problem is... You know, there are too many Ubers in the parking lot. You know, we've been overrun by Uber since that's become a development in society and transportation. We did not build our infrastructure ergonomically enough to, you know, withstand 500 Uber drivers after every single game. That's why everything's so crowded from a traffic perspective. Okay, fine. You know what? I think that's dumb. But hey, you know what? That was a development in time that happened since you opened the stadium. Is Uber? I, I'm assuming Uber was invented after 2009. That's an assumption on my part. The sun has been around forever. The sun is a factor in football games. That's that's where we're at. Like that's those are the ridiculous conversations that we have to have with one another. I love you. I appreciate you hanging out with us here on our post game show. We're listening or watching after the fact. I am sorry. I have to apologize that we have to talk about the sun. Jerry, throw some curtains up. And you know what? It's not just Jerry's demerit here isn't the sun. All right. The sun is the kind of the face of it all. The sun was a funny moment. I mean, th this is this is the team that Jerry Jones has given us. I mean, how can he not be a loser? Th this is the team, you know, that 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 Jerry Jones has given us over and over and over again. Anthony Gonzalez, thank you for the super chat, says Coach McCarthy was hemming and hawing on the sidelines versus getting to the team. Tough look. I mean, Jerry Jones interviewed two people to hire Mike McCarthy. Two people. Marvin Lewis and Mike McCarthy. I mean, I just, you know, th these are decisions that come home to roost. And Jerry will go on the radio and he'll talk about how painful it is and how he wants to win. And I love Jerry Jones. You love Jerry Jones. Jerry Jones has helped build this team into a mecca empire, one that we all love and love to talk about and love to, you know, discuss and whatever. He has done so much good for the Cowboys and for the NFL, but he has also gotten in the way a lot of times. And I don't know how you can't feel that way. I mean, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, it's it's tough. So Jerry Jones... Loser on this list. Um, 
Otis, by the way, comes in and says, as a Niner fan, Otis, congratulations to your team. They exposed our fraud team. Um, I hope you beat the Packers, Otis. I really do. Uh, but Otis says, I would give y'all Garoppolo for Dak any day. I know some people are arguing about Dak Prescott in the comments. Uh, AC says, I'm a Raider fan. Can you please clarify how the Raiders-Bengals game, the TD, should have been nullified and replayed in accordance to Rule 7, Section 2? Just for AC, because of the super chat, I love you, AC. Uh, if you missed it in the first half, Raiders-Bengals, Incredible season for the Raiders, all things considered, by the way, AC. Joe Burrow scrambles, throws a touchdown to Tyler Boyd. As the ball is in the air, there is a whistle, um, you know, a whistle from the uh, official, from the referee, um, an, an early whistle, a premature whistle. And the rule states, as AC has outlined, Rule 7, Section 2, if there is a, a whistle, an impromptu whistle like that, the play is dead. The play is dead. It, you cannot overrule that and it would have sucked it would have sucked for the Bengals because Tyler Boyd very easily caught that touchdown and so a lot of people are saying well you know what I'm happy that they you know didn't didn't do this because that would have sucked to take the you know penalty or, or take the touchdown away yeah it would have sucked and it's stupid that an official prematurely blew the whistle that is stupid as well but it's also stupid that the NFL has all these rules that they love to tout. And think about this. The NFL loves to buzz in from New York whenever they feel like it to correct something they see. But when it came to this particular moment that a lot of people saw, they just completely and totally put their hands in the air and waved them around like they didn't care because they actually didn't care. In fact, the NFL was asked for a statement at halftime and said they were going to leave it up to NBC's rules expert to explain. Really, really awful moment for the NFL um, tough look. Um, feel bad for the Raiders. Again, great season for the Raiders. We'll see what happens to Derek Carr and whatnot, but uh, shout out to Rich Passaccia. Anthony the Gamer says, this is the most undisciplined team in the league. It is, and that's why Mike McCarthy, like, spare me with this blaming official nonsense. I mean, it's tough. It really is tough. Um, it really is tough. I mean, just... Tough look. Tough look for the Cowboys. Um, let's see here. Uh, let's move on. More losers. We've got the Cowboys, Mike McCarthy, Jerry Jones. How can you not have Dak? I mean, look, I... I still believe in Dak, and I'm not like I'm not defending Dak. For any of you who are arguing about him in the comments, Dak was awful for the second half of this season. Dak was great for the first half of this season, and those statistics inflated a lot of who the Cowboys were over the second half of the season. But man alive, Dak was really bad. I mean, the Cowboys had their three-game winning streak against New Orleans, at Washington, and at New York pretty much in spite of Dak Prescott. I mean, obviously, Dak played poorly in, in some losses like Denver and Kansas City. Dak played poorly against the Raiders on Thanksgiving, again, to the fourth quarter where the Cowboys kind of, you know, made it close and made it cute, took it over time, whatever, blah, blah. And Dak was awesome against Washington on Sunday Night Football when they won the division, but whatever, that doesn't really count. And he was awesome last week, broke Tony Romo's record, woohoo, whatever. I mean, Dak was still really bad. Dak was really bad in this game. Was Dak the worst player in this game? No. Did he have the worst moment of a player? Probably with not really understanding the rule at the very end. You got to put that on Dak Prescott. Um, but, I mean, it's, he's a loser in this game. I mean, I still believe. I'm not out on – I'm definitely out on Mike McCarthy. I, you know, I'm, you know, you want to – we can have a conversation, but I'm out on Mike McCarthy. You know, we'll see what happens over the offseason. I'm not out on Dak Prescott. And I'm good sticking around here in club Dak, but – uh, tonight is a tough night. This was a tough second half of the season. Charles Ortega, I think of the Super Chats, has got to send the Cowboys to penalty school. Clean it up. We fans feel defeated and embarrassed. Mike McCarthy loves to talk about, and I rolled my eyes. I don't know if you could see it. During the bye week, they have across the hall where they have the offense working the defensive coaches and the defense working with the offensive coaches. McCarthy, dude. Get the rule book out. Doesn't even have to be a physical book. Get a PDF going. All right. You know, get something. All right. Just slack it to people. Get the rule book out 
and tell your players that you cannot jump off sides. You cannot have false starts. You cannot hold. I mean, on and on and on and on and on. Seven pre-snap penalties. Seven, like Monica Geller said, pre-snap penalties in a playoff game at home when you're trying to fight the ghosts of the past. You weren't ready. You weren't good enough, Cowboys, and you failed to saw. And we are defeated. We are embarrassed. Joseph Heck, thank you for the super chat, says, I don't know if you said this, but our elite pass rush got zero sacks. I have not said that yet. Just a, um, uh, I mean, yeah, what, what happened? Here, here's the thing, like, Jimmy Garoppolo, I cannot, I mean, I haven't really compartmentalized this stop. I cannot believe that we have to hold this L that Jimmy Garoppolo gave us. Do you know how embarrassing that is to lose in general to Jimmy Garoppolo, to lose a playoff game to Jimmy Garoppolo? And here's the thing. Again, it was plainly obvious. It was supremely obvious that Kyle Shanahan was going to do everything that he could to hide his quarterback. I don't know why Kyle Shanahan insists on doing this, but, you know, it's working for him. I mean, it, it's, it's working for him, and it worked against the Cowboys. It predictably worked against the Cowboys. This Cowboys pass rush that we sang songs about and we retweeted things over, this Cowboys pass rush that was super awesome, all the sacks, blah, blah, blah. Not a single one, not a single one against Jimmy Garoppolo. I mean, just, I mean, Anthony, the gamer says lost to Jimmy in our house. Embarrassing. How do you get no sacks? How, how, how do you get no sacks whatsoever? I mean, I mean, I just, you know, I don't know. I, I really don't know. It's, it's tough. Uh, let's see here. Uh, loser from Ryan, uh, 93F says Connor Williams. One step ahead of you, Ryan. Connor Williams, loser. Come on down. But you know what? I mean, I'll put like 99% of the loserness on Connor's shoulders. I mean, he played a really awful game. Like, I'm not going to sit here and defend Connor. But the Cowboys knew what that was. And Connor, there's a special box of players where the Cowboys knew who they were and they decided to move forward anyway. Now, I'll give the Cowboys credit and that during the season, they benched Connor Williams because he wasn't cutting it. Ironically, he had too many penalties. But we have not seen that same disposition, that same mindset, that same attitude with all players. Now, I know I have been hard on Greg Zerline. I know that Greg Zerline was technically perfect in this game, but those are the things. Those are the decisions that cannot be defended. You cannot willfully, purposefully, of clear and conscious mind, trot out these players, the Connor Williamses, the Greg Zerlines, the Zeke Elliott with a partially torn PCL. You cannot trot all of them out and expect to win and then not win and not own up to it. And not only not own up to it, but come in and be like, well, the refs, you know, I've never seen a ref stand in front of a quarterback. Have you ever seen a team have two false starts in a row to start the second half at home in a playoff game when they're trying to be something special for the first time in, in almost three decades? No, I haven't seen that either. So thank you, Mike McCarthy, for giving us a spectacle of illusions that we have never seen before. Good job, coach. All right, uh, working on me, says bang, bang. Dallas lost because they were scared the first half. 49ers are the better coach, more physical team. Cry if you want to. I don't think anybody's crying about this or denying this. It's totally true. I mean, it's 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 true. They were they were out coached. They really were. I mean, it's it's just uh, Mike uh, Mike. Uh, I'm, I've lost this here. Mike Wiltsey. I hope I'm pronouncing this correctly. Says Cowboys just deny, deny, deny excuses. The Cowboys deny living in reality. Um, I mean, it's. I mean, Mike McCarthy, by the way, defending the uh, the quarterback draw uh, as the last play of the game, said it was the best option. Um, why would this be your right decision? Um, I mean, I just, I don't know. I, I mean, 
I, I don't know how – if you're going to do that again, you have to tell Dak. You have to tell – again, this is on Dak. Like, I don't want to exonerate Dak, but you have to tell Dak, get up there, hand the ball to the official. Look at Larry Fitzgerald. Look at look at their players who do this. You cannot send Dak out there if you don't think that he knows that rule and then be bewildered, be you know, be shocked that you know, wow, the officials and the officials trying to do his job. We've been screaming, you know, this whole season for the officials to do their job. The officials literally doing his job and trying to go get the ball from Dak Prescott. Dak's the one who compromised that. Why doesn't Dak know or not know the rule? I don't know. He should know the rule, but why wasn't he told? Why did nobody involved in this whole operation not have the wherewithal, the sense of mind to say, you know what, Dak, if you're going to do that, you've got to get the ball to the official. You have to. Like Time is of the essence. You have to thread a needle. You have to be Luke Skywalker firing into the very perfect spot to blow up this Death Star. You have to do it. And he didn't. He didn't. Um, <laughs> let's see. Uh, Chin Love Handle says, I bet Russell Wilson knows that rule. Um, it's tough. It's tough. Um, Johnny Boy RN says, how is a team supposed to come out for a coach that takes no responsibility? McCarthy's weak. I mean, I, I don't know how, I, again, I'm out on Mike McCarthy right now. I, I really, I cannot defend anything that Mike McCarthy is doing. It's, oh man, it's tough. Uh, Tim Evans says coaching staff failed us. They did. They really did. Now the player, like, here's the thing. This is, this is what I'm about to say is true in life. All right. Life wisdom from Arjo Ochoa. All right, I'm, I'm not a philosopher or anything, but I've learned this lesson the hard way. In life, which obviously includes football, multiple things can be true. All right, you can be in a situation and multiple things can be true. A lot of people end up in situations or arguments or debates or whatever where they say, well, it's this or it's that. Sometimes it's this and that. Sometimes the context of the matter is it's this and then that, or maybe it's that and then this. So in the you know, spirit of all of this, McCarthy, whatever, blah, blah. It can be true that, you know, it sucks that the game ended that way, but that everything, I mean, I just, I've lost my point because it's Jay high life says, what's our number one problem. I would say it's, it's competency. I mean, Derek, the next comment says we just wet the bed when things matter. They do. I mean, like it's a self fulfilling prophecy. You, I mean, it, you look, I hate to say this, I, I, and I will upset some of you here. We deserve to be dragged. All right? we deserve, um, we're, we're the meme, the putting on the clown makeup meme. That's who we are. We deserve to be dragged because we believe. Now, they fooled us. The Cowboys did. They fooled us, and we, we, we bought the cheese. They fooled us a little bit, but we deserve to be dragged. We deserve to have all the memes and things said about us because this team sucks. This team cannot get it done. And so when you ask the question, Jay, what's our number one problem? It's a self-fulfilling prophecy. As Derek says, we just wet the bed when things matter. Uh, Frank Laporta says DQ is a better DC than HC. Man, um, I just, I don't know what Dan Quinn's future holds, but it's uh, it's probably um, <laughs> probably somewhere else. Uh, let's see here. Let's keep going here. AD says, uh, calling the draw there is like buying sushi from a gas station in the middle of Kansas. Dumb. Love the show, RJ. Thanks, AD. Don't know how much experience you have doing that. But yeah, like that's dumb. You know what I mean? I, when I was in middle school, uh, when I was in band, I was on the drum line. And when you're on the drum line, they make you sign something that says, if you ever get an opportunity, you have to bring up that you were on the drum line. Uh, but I was on the drum line in our middle school band. We had white pants and I will never forget. I drank a red flash one day after school and it got all over my white pants. 
who was at fault here? Me. I'm the idiot that drank the red flash around my white pants, and then the pants were ruined. I don't know why middle schools have kids wearing white pants. It seems like a bad idea to me, but that's what calling the draw is there. If you're not going to have an absolutely perfect plan, perfect level of execution, you are inviting problems. So you have to at least have the backbone to come out and say, you know what? We tried something there. We failed. It sucks. We're going to hopefully be better. That still won't make us happy, but at least we can respect you. When you come out here and you say, well, you know, the official was running in the deck and, you know, I've never seen that happen before. Nah, that's lame. That is super lame. Get out of here with that because we watched you. We supported you. We believed in you and you cannot come in here with that crap and expect us to buy it because there are truths that are beyond what you're telling us, Mike McCarthy. So you have to have the legitimacy as the head coach of this team, as the public face of this operation to say, we messed up. That's what we want to see. Thank you, MJW1491, for um, for the Super Chat. Austin, again, can't win with 14 penalties. Seriously, I mean, how do you expect to win? How can you sit here and cry foul and say, well, you know, it's it's against us. You know, like, how? you know, what's what's going to happen? You know, I mean, the official was in his way. Then don't false start. Then don't jump off sides and don't hold. Don't have all these things happen and you will have success. But when you do all these things, it becomes extremely difficult to thread that needle and try to land that plane. Billy Renfro, thank you for the super chat, says, I'm not happy with the players or any of the coaches today. Even Parsons was shut down. Just an overall sad performance, and I've been a fan for 30-plus. If any single person affiliated with the Dallas Cowboys, and I'm not, like, attacking you, Billy, but if any person has earned some slack, has earned some benefit of the doubt, like what Mike McCarthy's kind of trying to, you know, buy from us, it's Micah Parsons. That dude can say whatever he wants. That dude can come out and tell me, you know what, I played the whole game with a blindfold on and I wouldn't be mad at him because Micah has put in way, way, way more than anybody else and as a rookie at that. So Micah has completely and totally earned the right to, you know, cash whatever check he wants to write. Uh, but I agree with you. I mean, I'm completely and all of us are let down by everybody else. Joe Wood says, would it be more embarrassing if we are the only highest seed to lose? It would. It would be very embarrassing if the Cowboys were the only home team to lose in the playoffs. I Again, what's super embarrassing right now. Oh, let's get Connor Williams' name off of here. He's just catching strays. But, and again, I've seen the Mike McCarthy quote again pop up on my timeline. McCarthy, have the decency, have the like have the maturity to come out and admit that that quarterback draw was not the right play. That's what's bothering us. That is what is bothering us is that you do not have at least the like respect for us to say, you know what? We made a bad call. You know, we made a bad call. M Kib says fire McCarthy, hire Byron Leftwich. A lot of people are, uh, you know, obviously team anti-McCarthy. MJW uh, 1491 says McCarthy gets fired and Dan Quinn gets the head coaching job. Look, I love Dan Quinn. I love him a lot, and he was awesome for the Cowboys this season. But, and again, this is not meant to, you know, disparage Dan Quinn. But you know who's a loser also? Dan Quinn. Because we went into this game saying all the 49ers are going to do is run the ball. Debo Samuel's going to be a problem. And who let the 49ers run the ball and Debo Samuel be a problem? The Dallas Cowboys defense. Dan Quinn was not prepared for this game. And that doesn't mean we don't love Dan Quinn or we aren't grateful for Dan Quinn or like we didn't have some good times together. But Dan Quinn was a loser in this game just along or along with the rest of the Cowboys defense. Again, no sacks, like no sacks in a playoff game. So, I mean, I'm not saying like if I, I don't think that would ever happen, by the way, that the Cowboys would fire McCarthy and promote Dan Quinn. But I'm not like uh, on my highest high when it comes to Dan Quinn right now. Uh, speaking of the defense, by the way, let's get Dan Quinn's name off of here. Here's another quote in the postgame aftermath. 
Demarcus Lawrence was asked about fans throwing trash onto the field uh, and said that crap. He did not say crap, but this is a family show. That crap was aimed at the refs. It had nothing to do with me. I mean, like, I, I love Demarcus Lawrence, but guys, like, you know, quit pointing fingers. You know, quit pointing fingers. Have some accountability. What's the expression when, when you point a finger, you got three pointing back at you? You guys are pointing a lot of fingers. You guys have come out. Like, even when they lost to the Cardinals, I mean, it was, oh, man, the fumble at the end. No, you lost. You lost. You had every ability to control the outcome, and you lost. So quit deflecting and blaming other people. JJ the Mime, think of the Super Chat, says that Jimmy Johnson curse is real, man. Yeah, I mean, it's tough. Uh, Ira Selwyn says, why is Zerline on this team? Example of no repercussions. History of sticking with players way too long. Rico, Taco, Jalen, uh, LVH played a good game. By the way, shout out to Leighton Vanderich. He did play a great game. Uh, had his name misspelled on the back of his jersey. If you didn't see that, Esh was spelled E-C-S-H instead of uh, E-S-C-H. But you want to know why Zerline's on this team, Ira? We've talked about this before. Because he and John Fossil are bros. That's it. That's why. That's the only reason that Greg Zerline is on this team. And you know who I, I didn't have a winner on this list, by the way. I don't know if that's obvious. This is like kind of a, a event. So there's only losers here. But, you know, in preparing for the show, my dad texted me and said, you know what? If there's one winner, it's Brian Anger. Love you, Brian Anger. You're the man. But here's the thing. Come back to Zerline. I've mentioned this before. If John Fossil got his way, Johnny Hecker would have been released by the Los Angeles Rams and he would have been the Cowboys punter, but he wasn't released by the Rams. So the Cowboys had to settle for Brian Anger, who turned in one of the best punting seasons in the NFL. So John Fossil, maybe over the off season, keep your friends. It's awesome. Have a lot of friends, you know, jump online, play some, you know, I don't know, play some Mario party together, but do not prioritize friendship over objectivity and evaluation. Like you have been doing when it comes to Greg Zerline. If any other special teams coach were the special teams coordinator, of the Dallas Cowboys, Greg Zerline is probably gone because they're not friends with him. The way John Fossil is. That is why Anthony Gonzalez is Dan Quinn is one and oh, let's get him to 18 and oh, Dan Quinn did oversee the Cowboys uh, in New Orleans when Mike McCarthy was out. Uh, MJ, W 1491 says McCarthy get fired and Dan Quinn gets head coaching job. Again, I just don't see um, that happening, honestly. Uh, let's keep going here. A um, lot of you uh, are upset with Dak Prescott, obviously. MJW 1491 says McCarthy should have been calling plays in the beginning of the season. I will be so upset if if the like fix is just that McCarthy's going to call his own plays. No, we need some we need some new faces. We need some new outside people to come in and take a look at this thing, look under the hood, examine it, because there are problems that the people who are currently involved can't be the ones to fix. Uh, Ecuador man AOG has been a fan since 88. Same old Cowboys. It sucks. It really does. Uh, let's see here. Uh, we've got some uh, we've got some Eagles fans here. Both your season is over, too, by the way. Uh, definitely uh, tough. Uh, but, um, so we've got our losers. We've gone through the Cowboys, Mike McCarthy, Dak, Jerry Jones, Callan Moore, Connor Moore, or Connor Williams, um, Dan Quinn, Randy Gregory, Trayvon Diggs. I thought Trayvon was a loser, um, in this game. Um, not a great game for him. I mean, this game actually could have been iced, you know, when Jimmy Garoppolo, uh, found Brandon Ayuk, but just kind of overthrew him because Trayvon Diggs got burnt. I mean, like, and I love Trayvon Diggs. You all, we all love Trayvon Diggs, but we can admit that sometimes he gets burnt. Does that mean he sucks or he's not good? No, but I mean, sometimes he's not good. Um, so Trayvon Diggs, not your best game. Um, tough look, tough look. My final loser, uh, just to kind of tie a bow on this, uh, this is obvious, but discipline. I mean, how can you have 14 penalties in a game? You can't. You just can't. That's the answer. You cannot have 14 penalties 
in a game. You can't. You just you can't. That simply cannot happen. You you cannot do it. Um, and it's a miracle that you almost won. Um, so it is what it is. Um, so discipline is my final loser. Uh, but let's see. Let's get back to your comments. Uh, Seth Sherwood says loser. Cowboys fans for getting our hopes up. I mean, we were duped, but like, you know, I mean, what we, it was fair to believe it was fair to believe in them at a certain point this season. And they just fell apart. Uh, Mento six, by the way, says, bro, as a Niners fan, how the hell are Eagles fans here talking smack? Seriously, Eagles fans, like our game was kind of close. Um, your game was kind of a disaster. So, you know, uh, Matt, thank you for the super chat. Uh, MJW 1491 says is number 52 gone next season. Here's the thing. Cowboys have a lot of free agent decisions to make. Connor Williams is at the top of that list. Randy Gregory, Dalton Schultz, Michael Gallup. I mean, there are a lot of decisions, by the way, we, uh, will talk about those things as the off season unfolds, because unfortunately we're here in the off season, which means in case you were unaware that we will still have lots of content coming out here at the blog of the boys, YouTube channel, please subscribe. If you haven't yet, that is greatly appreciated on the blog of the boys podcast. Now you can find us wherever you get your podcast, Apple devices, Spotify, please subscribe there. Leave a rating, write a review. Uh, just because the season's over does not mean that we stop. In fact, we pick up the intensity. We're here 24-7, 365, baby. So we will definitely be talking about Connor Williams. I think he's gone. Um, I, I really do. Oh, man. Um, on Sunday Night Football, I saw a comment here, by the way. The Pittsburgh Steelers, T- <laughs> of course, TJ Watt. Uh, <laughs> you can't make this up, people. TJ Watt just returned a fumble in Kansas City for a touchdown. His arms weren't long enough. <laughs> His arms weren't long enough. How can you blame the Cowboys for not drafting TJ Watt? I mean, what? how could it really be their fault, honestly, when you really think about it? Uh, man, that sucks. But I think Connor Williams is gone. Um, let's see here. Uh, moving on, making sure um, I'm not missing any quote. Dak Prescott said, I mean, it's risky, but when you've practiced as we've done over and over again, you're not worried about that. You trust your training. I believe that Dak is talking about the final moment of the game, the quarterback draw. Um, I mean, and then, man, I, okay. So these are some Dak Prescott quotes from his post-game press conference. Made the call knowing that we're going to get some yards, get down and clock it. That's something we've practiced over and over again. When I got behind Tyler, saw there was four seconds left, Then I got hit from behind. Fine. I still disagree. A lot of us disagree. But you say you've practiced it over and over again. Cool. Okay. Dak Prescott's next quote. I think if I don't get hit from behind, we get it off. No. That's, you can't say that. You are frauds. You are frauds if you are saying that. You cannot say that, Dak. I love Dak. Dak is awesome. Dak is one of my favorite players in the NFL. He's one of my favorite players to ever play for the Cowboys. You cannot say, if I don't get hit, you know, we get it off. No, because and here's the next quote from Dak. I mean, it's risky, but when you've practiced as we've done over and over again, you're not worried about that. You trust your training. So this is three different times here. Dak has said, um, you know, it's something we've practiced over and over again. That's the first time. And then he says, I mean, it's risky, but when you've practiced as we've done over and over again, so he says over and over again, twice, great song by Tim McGraw and Nelly. He says, you trust your training. 
If you trust your training, then you have gone over this moment and you have understood that you have to hand the ball to the official, not to Tyler Biotish. So you cannot tell us that you have practiced this over and over again, because if you did and you didn't go over this, then you wasted an inordinate amount of time practicing the wrong thing. Doxon says, sounds like he's blaming the refs. That's exactly what he's doing. Again, he says, I think if I don't get hit from behind, we get it off. No, if you follow the rules, you get it off. That's what happens. The official hits you, not on purpose, but because the official's trying to get the ball because that is the rule. So you cannot sit here and point fingers and blame the officials and say, oh man, well, if the official doesn't hit me, there's four seconds on the clock. No, if you hand the ball to the official, he marks it, you're able to spot it, you're able to obviously spike it with one second left. Who knows? Whatever. Maybe you throw a touchdown. Maybe you don't. But you cannot sit here and blame the officials. That is not a great – I mean, that's not a good look. Not a fan of this. Um, I mean, man. Um, now, Richard Smith says he wasn't going to score on the draw. Why call it? Throw it down the field. Missed tackle results in a touchdown. I mean, look, they clearly wanted to get in, in you know, better field position for uh, what they wanted to, you know, be the, the game – uh, you know, winning touchdown, but I mean, I just, I mean, I don't know. Uh, let's see here. A tweet from uh, Michael David Smith says, I've seen some confusion about this. The officials ruled that the Cowboys legally snapped the ball with one second left. Dak Prescott's spike was the final play. Time expired on the spike, but Dak could have thrown a pass on that play. And if the Cowboys scored, it would have counted. So apparently uh, what is happening here is, the official, I don't know that that's a whole, I mean, man, I, you cannot blame the officials, Dak. You can't, you cannot. You, and that's what makes you frauds. If, if you come out here, Dak, and I actually would have been so upset, but if Dak had come out and I said this earlier at the beginning of the show, if Dak had come out and said, you know what, we, we know the guys we have in our locker room, we're, we're tough. We're going to fight, you know, iron sharpens iron, you know, resiliency makes us stronger, blah, blah. If he'd said all these cliches, that would have been so frustrating. And that would have been what nothing close to what we would have wanted to have heard. But at least that would have not been this. This is running from the truth. This is fraudulent. This is cowardice. Like if you can come out and say, you know what, man, like that sucks that it went that way. That's our bad. But if you're coming out and you're still blaming the refs, I mean, no, that's not good. That's 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 not good. That's what is pissing us off. MJW says Kellamore should have ran the ball more. He's a terrible OC. I hope he gets a job though. I mean, not not wise, not wise. Um, just really, 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 really tough look uh, for um, for Dak. Really, really tough. Um, it would be nice to see some accountability. It would be nice to see some accountability. Uh, Jay Highlife says it's harder being a Cowboys fan than a Jets fan. We keep coming in every season with high expectations. Sadly, I mean, you know, it's um, it's tough. It's tough. It's tough. It's tough. Uh, let's see here. Uh, in case you missed it, um, in case you jumped in late, um, Ezekiel Elliott revealed that he played the season, part of the season, with a partially torn PCL. Why? Why? I mean, why? Like, why, why, why would you do this? I mean, why, why would you, why, <laughs> why would the Cowboys allow this? You know, like, I'm curious for, if you're watching live with us or if you're watching or listening after the fact, hit me up, uh, you know, on Twitter or Instagram, whatever. Um, are you okay with this? Actually, that's the question. Are you okay with this? Yes or no. Are you okay with Ezekiel Elliott playing the season 
part of the season with a partially torn PCL. Are you okay with that? Yes or no? I think I know what all of you are going to say, uh, but yes or no, are you fine? Are you satisfied? Are you okay with that? Uh, Dak Prescott, by the way, saying that we definitely underachieved and it sucks, point blank. Yeah, you did. Um, man, um, so we're getting some answers. No, no, hell no, no. Lots of you, no, I don't see a single person um, saying yes. Uh, let's see, Josh says, if Pollard was better, he would have been playing. Pollard is better. That's that's the thing. Pollard is better. The reason he doesn't play is because he wasn't the fourth overall pick, and he's not the one whose face is all over AT&T Stadium and the star, um, you know, and blah, blah, blah. Uh, he's not the one who's the X factor on Madden or whatever. Um, I mean, just not great. Not great at all. Uh, Sean says, no, no, not sure why they would allow him to do that because he's their guy. Like the, the way the way John or Greg Zerlin is Bones' his guy, Zeke's their guy. Um, I mean, just crazy. Uh, let's see. McLohan says, I know it's been a while, but it's pretty clear now just how much of a difference maker Travis Frederick was. O-line is just not a lead anymore. Tyron's not a lead anymore. Lyell had some some bad moments, obviously, in this game. Um, and here's the thing. Like, we didn't even really touch on this. I mean, the, so much, you know, the Cowboys want to sit here and blame officials. Nick Bosa was knocked out of this game and it sucks. Like it sucks to see people get hurt. Nick Bosa was knocked out of this game. Fred Warner was out of this game. The Cowboys caught some breaks and still lost. They still lost, which is just really, really, really frustrating and really kind of tough to square, tough to take, tough to process, uh, difficult to accept as Dak Prescott said. Uh, he was asked whether the Cowboys underachieved. He said, Super Bowl or nothing. Not good enough. Simple as that. I take a lot of pride in the job and accountability in this loss. Fine. Like, again, that kind of quote is frustrating right now, but at least that's better than blaming the officials. Um, Brady Helmick says, Dak did good for how his supporting cast was doing. What quarterback would have done good with this bad of a supporting cast? Dak's wide receivers had six drops and his O-line was terrible. I, I think that there is some misconception from non-Cowboys fans, I think people say like, oh man, Zach has all these weapons, blah, 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 whatever. Like, it's not necessarily, you know, that. Um, but yeah, I mean, Dak didn't get any help from his offensive line this season. There's, or, you know, for the second half of the season, certainly. Um, man, um, tough cookies. Tough, tough, tough cookies. Um, so as we wind down here, um, the season's over and that's really frustrating. But uh, on behalf of everyone at Blogging the Boys, I do want to say thank you um, to all of you who joined us. I know some people check out for the offseason, but we're hopeful that you'll hang out with us, obviously, uh, throughout free agency and the draft and the lead up to the season and training camp and the preseason. Um, you know, this this season has been a lot of fun. I mean, it, it's been a lot of fun. This is, the, you know, we've done more live shows and things like this uh, than we ever have at Blogging the Boys this season. And so it, it has just been so much fun to experience it with all of you. Um, and we're really grateful that you gave us the, the most precious gift in life, which is time. You gave us time to talk about our favorite thing, which is the Dallas Cowboys. And speaking personally for myself, this was a, a very uh, intense football season for me. I've tweeted about this and talked about this a little bit, but my wife and I, our son was born um, you know, uh, in November, the night before Thanksgiving. And so uh, it's been a really transformative you know, season for me. And, and it, it's just, it's been a lot of fun to share with you. And uh, we really are so, so, so appreciative. And that's, that's the word appreciative, grateful, thankful. Um, you know, these have been frustrating conversations at time, but it's always been a great kind of landing point to come here after every Cowboys game or during the draft or during these seismic moments and share this with all of you. I mean, we are 
a community. We are a community of people who love the Dallas Cowboys. We love them enough to let them upset us. And um, but but we share this. We share this common denominator. Whoever you are, wherever you are, whatever walk of life you're in, wherever you live, whatever your job is, you know, whatever other sports or teams or whatever else you root for or support. We all have this in common. We are all part of this tribe. And so it has been just such an incredible experience to be part of this ride with you and to have you devote part of your season to us. Um, and so, um, you know, we're hopeful that you'll stick around. Like I said, we're, we'll still be here. Um, our schedule will obviously be modified a little bit uh, with the season now being over, but we will still have our weekly roundtables uh, streaming live on our YouTube channel. We'll still obviously have podcasts that come out every single day. Um, and, uh, you know, we'll have a lot of articles at blogontheboys.com. I'm on Twitter, uh, and Instagram at RJOcho. If you want to see pictures of my new baby or my dog, or, you know, maybe I, this, this off season, I want to take up grilling. That's, that's something I really want to do. You know, I want to get into, I want to learn, you know, want to get, want to get into it. I want to, you know, I really want to do it. I want to make a mean queso. That's what I really want to do. It's an off season to do this for me. Uh, but, um, thank you from the bottom of our hearts. Uh, thank you for, for being part of this ride with us. Um, some uh someday it's gonna work out you know and i and that's the that's the call it a lie um or the the fib or the truth we we tell ourselves right like all of us are gonna go to bed tonight and we're all gonna say maybe next year will be the year and isn't that like that's the best part right like that like a lot of things end in life but at the end of the day the cowboys come back they come back and piss us off but they come back you know they will come back and we'll do this again and it will be frustrating and we'll have learned some things and, um, and maybe next year's the year that, that perpetual hope is, um, is, is kind of beautiful. I don't mean to get too sappy with you, but it is kind of a, that's, that's what ties us together is, is, is this perpetual hope and belief and yearning for next year being the year. So, you know, here's the 2022. If we don't talk to you, uh, wish you and your family health, wealth, and happiness. I hope it's a fantastic year. I hope your other teams do really well. Um, I hope Tiger Woods wins the Masters. I don't think that's possible, but just if we're putting uh, sports things out into the universe. So um, let's – who are we rooting for to win the Super Bowl? I mean, I think we're rooting for the Bills, right? If it can't be Trayvon, the title would be Stephon Diggs. Um, that would be fun. Uh, Bills, Bengals, um, Titans – Anybody but the Packers or the Niners um, really is kind of how we feel. Bucks, I really don't care. I'm indifferent on that. But anybody in the AFC, I'd be pretty cool with. But I'd like to see the Bills do it. That'd be fun. Um, so uh, thank you, everybody, for um, for the ride. And um, we'll see you next time. So uh, with all that being said, have a great week. Um, please do subscribe to the Blog on the Boys YouTube channel. And um, we'll see you around. Hi, I'm Neil Patel, host of Decoder, my show about big ideas and other problems. Right now on Decoder, we're doing a mini-series about one of the biggest ideas that's creating some of the biggest problems around, generative AI. Our series dives deep into some of the most pressing issues surrounding generative AI, with expert Verge reporters covering the cutting-edge frontier of the industry. How could copyright lawsuits completely upend large language models and image generators? How big a problem is AI-generated misinformation for the 2024 election? And what kind of impact are AI chatbots having on human relationships? Decoder's AI series will help you understand what's going on, why, and where it might go from here. Tune in every Monday and Thursday for new episodes of Decoder wherever you get your podcasts.
Right now, businesses are facing tough choices. Do you cut costs or drive growth? Solve for today or build for tomorrow? Do you satisfy your shareholders or satisfy your customers? The answer is yes. You don't have to choose. With the intelligent platform for digital business from ServiceNow, you can say yes to unifying your existing systems and yes to accelerating growth. Visit servicenow.com to see how we can help you put yes to work. The world works with ServiceNow.